This is First Contact, stories of the call center. Get ready to dial into the exciting world of call centers with First Contact, stories of the call center podcast. Join us as we share stories from industry leaders, explore the latest trends and technologies, and tackle the challenges and triumphs of the contact center landscape. Fasten your seatbelt for a high-energy journey brought to you by Nobel Biz, the one-stop shop for all your call center needs, both in software and service. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of First Contact Stories of the Call Center. Today, we're excited to have with us a true pioneer in the customer communications industry, Chris Robinson. With over two decades of experience, Chris has been at the forefront of revolutionizing the contact center space. He is the director, executive chairman, and driving force behind Awaken Intelligence, a company that masterfully blends agent guidance and conversational analytics software in the contact center into a really potent outsourced business solution. Chris, super excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Hi, it's uh, Chris Robinson. Um, thanks for having me on the show, Christian. Absolutely. Now, look, we always start our conversation and our journey with trying to understand what's been your journey, right? Walk us through what it was in your early days of your career and how did that eventually get you to where you are today? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll see the connection eventually. Um, so my, uh, my background is engineering. Uh, I used to do uh, design aircraft simulators for training pilots. And um, I was sent out to the USA by a, a UK software company and got there, realized how much work there was to do, wrote a business plan. A year later, I had 22 engineers working for me all over the world. So lots of different time zones on Australia, Sweden, East Coast, West Coast, um, et cetera. And we stayed in contact with each other through a call center. You know, you would make one phone, phone call and it was like this big international switchboard and they knew our time zones and they knew the, the schedules and the, the uh, they used to call them sheds, the locations that people were working. And I was able to get hold of people. And every time I came back to the UK, there was nothing like that in the UK. So um, built that business up for four years, sold it four years later, brought some American technology that the call centers used to use over there back to the UK spent um, five weeks in the in the uh, British telecoms um, labs and got the US tech working on the UK backbone and started a call center. So that's how I got into call centers. <laughs> so obviously from a tech background, the actual getting into the context side, what was that like? Had you ever had experience working within or dabbled outside of being a consumer? Or what was it like to finally kind of get behind the curtain and understand what the contact center was like in the real world? So um, because I, uh, there, was, there was nothing like the way the U.S. Um, contact center used to work in the U.K. at the time, and this was actually a technology challenge that they had. And back in 92, they were changing the, um, the technology from analog to digital. So the stuff that we take for granted nowadays, the call waiting, the call forwarding, all that type of stuff. So because I knew technology, I could see an opportunity. Um, you know, and I, so when I started my call center, I think was we're there when you're not. So, you know, never, never miss a customer call. So it was all about customer service and never missing anything. Um, and that's, um, that was the, the basis that I started a, a, a call center back in 92 here in the UK. 
So let's kind of go back to those moments when that started, right? Up until now, from the contact center perspective specifically, what were some of those moments, those like decisions or, you know, pivotal decisions that really shaped that journey? You know, was there anything going on during that time or since then that really was this big moment on a ha or an epiphany of some sort? Um, the epiphany was that you could get the economies of scale by having one resource be shared amongst multiple customers. So in, in, in our space, we call that a bureau service. So I'd started off with that so that in essence, what happened when a, when a phone call would come in, the computer would recognize the phone number it's come from. The I think in the USA it's called the DNS or a CLI, as they call it over here. Um, and that would enable you to have some software that would go and get the information related relating to that customer and then pop it in front of an agent. And I'd all, even back then, I'd started with a no training or low code approach to it so that um, the system did the guiding of the call, bearing in mind, well, they were quite simple calls then. They might have been basic messaging or switchboard calls. Um, and then it progressed over time to start to do more and more complex things. So we'll definitely tackle some of those things as we dive deeper into the technology. But I kind of want to step back for a minute. And as a founder of Awaken Intelligence, what made the creation of Awaken Intelligence even happen? What made you go into not only obviously the entrepreneurship aspect of it, but why Awaken Intelligence and what is, for those that don't know Awaken, what is it that Awaken does? And what is special about Awaken, right? Yeah. So, so what, what's special about we, uh, Awaken is that we've taken different technologies that are out there, um, such as a, a dynamic agent guidance, uh, which is uh, using artificial intelligence and, and advanced machine learning to guide an agent during a call. And we're able to do that because we've combined it with conversational analytics. So uh, the conversational analytics, in essence, means that the call is being listened to by AI as you're having it, and it takes utterances, so chunks of, of, of a call as it goes through it to give it context. And, um, and then it dynamically changes the information that's presented in front of an agent so that they can seamlessly and easily fl um, flow through the call. Um, so that's, that's what, what, what has made Awaken today. Um, and how we got there, was that um, I used to outsource a lot of my work as I was growing my my last call center, and I had a team. Of, I ended up with a team of sixteen hundred people, and with a big people business, there's lots of challenges recruiting, keeping people, training them. Uh, uh, one of the biggest challenges. So, being able to use technology by understanding what a customer wants, and then dynamically changing how you service them and how how you guide the agent to deliver for it. Um, that saved, uh, that enabled me to drive my better from 9% to 23% in 12 months. So it's the utilization of the joint technologies. Um, and that's where the idea carried on evolving to create Awaken Intelligence as a go-to-market software solution. So let's kind of go back for a moment and talk about the entrepreneurship moment, that moment in which you said, I'm going to build something. And I get it. You have that background in technology, but why take on the responsibility of building a company, a technology company versus going out and sourcing something out on the market? Um, very simply, it didn't exist. 
you know you could get the component parts for things but you didn't you didn't have a solution that was already blended so that's one of the things that makes awaken unique is the way that we blend technology so we we have what we call open architecture so we can connect to any phone system any um, unified desktop any crm um, so uh, with our particular technology, you can use as much as as much or as little little of it as you want, and it's plug and play. So you don't need to be an IT uh, a programmer to to use it, um, and that's one of the biggest benefits. Is is you don't need to have lots of technology people. You just need people who know who understand the workflow, and that's it. And it's drag and drop, and you get it to work very quickly. Well, obviously, as technology becomes less reliant on IT technical resources and it gets closer to the end users, the operations in the business, I think what you described for many technologies, whether it's Awaken or otherwise, uh, empowering somebody to be able to make decisions that are closer to real time and allow them to balance the benefits of their business and their people, I think is critical. And so as we shift to the topic of people, right, I think that you and Awaken really emphasize delivering this concept of this exceptional experience for both the client, your employees, which is very important, right? A lot of the success we have and the failures are about the people that we have within our organization and those that we serve. So how does Awaken Intelligence, though, cultivate that kind of culture and then prioritize it among all the other things that you're doing? Yeah, so uh, I think as I've already mentioned, that there, there aren't many vendors out there who uh, have got a open architecture, plug your own your own elements in, and and therefore you're able to hit the ground running and start to get the benefits. The biggest benefits are um, empowering your entire team, so it gives the um, contact center leaders the information they need to need to know to understand what's going on and what levers they need to pull at that level. It gives the um, managers the information to know what's going on within the operation in order to make their decisions. And finally, it supports the agent because they they have um, their fingertips on, on the information rather than having to go and find it all the time as they're trying to go through an interaction. So uh, though basically, I call it technology-empowered people. You know, it's been able to let people really be able to make this, the technology work for them in their role. So as we think about that concept, right, where, you know, we obviously talk and we will talk about the concepts of self-service and where an agent isn't involved. But where we do have that agent, we find more and more now those are going to be these more complex and sometimes highly emotional interactions, Right. How does Awaken or even just the concept of empowering that agent in real time um, come about in a way that allows you to still have that human connection, but also help the, the, you know, the performance without coming across like you're, you know, uh, reading a script or that you're not really involved in, in the moment with that in yeah. particular customer? So, um, ag again, with the ability of being able to listen to a call as it's going on, um, you're able to to get the tone and sentiment of the age. So it picks up tone and sentiment as well. So how people are feeling, how a customer is feeling about dealing with the brand and the agent. It also picks up how the agent is feeling. So you've got both halves of that conversation as well. But the way that we we utilize it to uh, really drive that that connection is more about it, it more starts from the recruitment process through to the actual delivery 
because more and more um, people pick up the phone to a contact center as the last resort, because they do try and self-serve, you know, that's where, where most business, businesses are going and, and quite rightly they should. So by the time you pick up the call, you've got to make the agent's job as stress, stress uh, as least stressful as possible by making the information available quite easily. So a little statistic is that um, only 4%, only only 4% of companies have used what they call desktop automation, i.e. connecting to all the different data sources and then being able to pull it back in one go. So it's, it's, it's the access to information and the agent feeling empowered and not feeling silly because they haven't got the right answer at the right time. Um, so that's what it does for the agent. And the same for the customers, you know, because most of the time people pick up the phone, they're already in a bad mood. You know, they couldn't self-serve. They couldn't figure it out. So the agent's on the back foot. Um, and, and, and hence, by them having the information at their fingertips, and an example would be they'd be able to, you'd be able to tell how many times you've already called, how many, time, how many emails you've already sent, where they responded to. You can pull all sorts of data that helps you really engage with the customer quickly. And um, when I was using this in my operation, it, uh, it meant that it reduced my staff churn by 50% um, uh, over the average. So the average staff churn is 30, so it ended up being a 50% staff churn. And the feedback from the agents on that was they felt like they could do their job better and didn't have to remember everything. And those are the two main benefits. Running a contact center these days takes a great deal of courage and fortitude. Nobel Biz would like to salute the contact center community for not giving up and working hard to drive their businesses down the road to success. As the promise keepers of the industry, our goal was to provide one of the most versatile and cost-efficient omni-channel solutions on the market. Nobel Biz Omni Plus is a cloud contact center software that gives instant access to a full range selection of channels, from voice calls, two-way SMS, email, WhatsApp, Twitter, Telegram, among others. Our solution offers complete control over the externalities by switching from an on-premise technology to a cloud-based solution in just a matter of hours. Get integrated compliance support, advanced reporting, seamless agent and supervisor dashboards, and many more performance-enhancing capabilities, all in just one product. Nobel Biz Omni Plus the future-proof solution for scaling contact center operations. Learn more about Nobel Biz Omni Plus at www.nobelbiz.com. Yeah, I think to that comment I made about how do you still be present and in the moment while also trying to be bombarded by all these different things that you're trying to process, right? You're trying to find data, you're trying to listen, you're trying to make sure you have the right answer. And being able to be in that moment and not have to, like you said, memorize everything right off the bat, I think that's a crucial piece of not only onboarding, uh, which we'll talk about, but also in continuous training. But I think I want to step back for a minute. And when I was talking about self-service, right, we're talking about there's these more complex, highly emotional conversations that happen. And sometimes they're a byproduct of the fact that the self-service option wasn't done well. Right. And it's kind of forcing a version of how the consumer is going to be serviced, even if maybe that's not their preference or the way they do it fails. So when we look at that concept of self-service, how does the Awaken 
approach help balance, right? That idea of we still need self-service for a variety of reasons, but how do we do it well enough so that we're not just having humans there to backstop the fact that we do it self-service imperfectly and we need to address all the people that are upset about it. How do you go in knowing that there's a way to approach self-service and to make sure it's as seamless and as frictionless as possible? And then naturally, when it makes sense to talk to a person, that that's when it should happen. Any thoughts on the take on that? Yeah. So the um, two two thoughts on that. One is that um, having run a, co- a contact center, it's always about trying to cut costs. So you, so the more you can get customers to self-serve, the better it is for your profitability and, and the economics of dealing with customers. Um, but I think where things are falling down is not giving the customer the option to connect with someone. So um, trying to make sure that you've got an option to connect from an IVR or a um, chat session uh, is, is crucially important. The second half of that is, by using um, analytics and using modern technology, you know, AI and, and analytics together, that's how you can train your self-service tools to do a better job because that, that's something that's lacking. So if I was talking about using analytics, most people think conversation analytics is all about calls. It can be used for emails, for um, chat conversations. Um, if you can imagine that when when someone's been on a chat conversation for 20 minutes and they get to a point where the chatbot can just can't answer what they need, um, if you're able to seamlessly transfer them to an agent and have the AI summarize the conversation so the 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 live person, the human being, can be empathetic and say, well, I, I apologize, you know, we're you know, I, I know you were trying to find out what the right size of something was to fit your product. Um, they can go straight into it, and that way the caller still feels they've been listened to, even though they were chatting to a bot. So it's been able to to bring those things together. Um, I think it's the most important part. So it's it's using the appropriate technology at the appropriate time, rather than one size fits all, and that's what what we believe here at Awaken. Yeah, I think you had some interesting comments that sometimes in many ways really oppose one another when they're not done properly, right? There's the profitability of a business and how to reduce costs and how does that impact the client's experience, right? The end user's experience. Um, if you're in a business in which they won't want to do business with you, right? And you uh, end up having a churn of customers, uh, was your cost savings worth the loss of those customers? On the flip side of it, obviously, you have to run a business. So you have to understand your profitability. So I get the idea of where self-service is obviously for those that want it and it's done well. Then absolutely, because they can do it at any time and in any way that makes sense through the medias and options that make sense. But with the rise of AI and chatbots and a lot of the technology, where do you see it going in which the future of customer service driven by AI and chatbots, where do you see that happening as far as where does the human then come into play, if at all? And if so, in what way are they coming in versus where AI and chatbots are going? Yeah, so there's quite a few reports that are coming out, and, and one that I'll cite is the, the call, center, a call Center Management Association has done is doing quite a bit of research on, on that particular topic. And the appetite for people to want to talk to someone and to get that blend of empathy, um, emotion, 
and 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 basically just want to hear someone's voice rather than know it's just a machine talking to you. Um, and we know that AI is 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 very powerful. It's a, it's a good tool, and there's a lot of use cases that really make an agent's job super easy. But having said that, it also gets it wrong a lot of the time because it sometimes needs a little bit more of, of, of common sense. Also, actually, it's the way you ask the question. If you ask two, if you ask the same question two different ways from AI, it's going to give you two different answers. So I think it's whenever anything becomes a little bit more complex or multifaceted, that's when the AI bot won't do such a good job. Um, but it could be used by the agent to do elements of it. So it's not. It, so so for me, it's it's going to be a blend of people using AI rather than the AI doing all the work and, you know, no one has a job anymore. Understood. I think it's definitely a hot topic and it's been discussed for some time and we'll see as the advances of AI come into play. But I think you're right that a lot of the use cases that are coming into play is providing more information, a real time, uh, being able to take that information and do something actionable with it as quickly as possible. And then obviously the other part of it, as I think we alluded to earlier, is that onboarding experience and ongoing training. So let's kind of focus on that onboarding process. We all know, and you've stated some statistics, that if it, you don't have a great onboarding experience, there's a really high likelihood of not only the early churn, right, but also that cost and time and effort of resources to hire and onboard train and then have to re-recruit and so on and so forth. So when it comes to the Awaken Intelligence approach to that onboarding, what is that like today? And has that evolved at all from when Awaken started till today? I mean, it's evolved, it's evolved a lot. Um, if I was looking at uh, some of the, the clients that were onboarded, who have been, you know, they've run their own contact center for many years and they deliver a phenomenal service. They've got really good CSAT scores, so they do deliver a good service. Um, their challenges are recruiting people nowadays. People would much rather go and stack shelves at Amazon than they would be on the phone because it's a complex call and it's quite pressurized because people are normally in a bad mood by the time they get through to you. So if you layer that with six, six weeks plus training, to get someone up to speed on your processes and and workflows, it's it, it, it's, a, it's a big ask. So the benefits of using a, um, a dynamic agent guidance or an agent guidance tool is the fact that you can you're learning about how the tool works, not about how the process works. So you don't have to remember any of that. So that would typically reduce training time from six weeks to one week. Um, and because it doesn't feel stressful to the agent, they feel that they can do that job easily. And, and, and therefore, it, it, it's, it just releases a lot of pressure. Um, and because you're also monitoring consistently across all of the agents with the – when you're monitoring conversation analytics, you're able to automate your quality assurance or your, your agent well-being. Both, well, actually, it's both parts get monitored at the same time. So you can actually tell when someone's not feeling good about what they're doing before that before it gets too late or before it gets too bad so you can have an intervention or a, a an approach to an agent um so uh, that's that that's again a reason why it's a good it's a good type of technology to use to onboard agents and and and, and keep them um the other benefit is that with the um the work patterns or the hybrid working that we hear more and more about, you're still able to keep to support your people in a much better way. 
because because you've got that 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 uh, you're able to pick up the emotion, you're able to monitor that, so you're able to reach out and go, yeah, just checking in, want to make sure you're good, you know, having if you're not in the office at the moment, how's it all going? Um, and 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 it, it it opens up to a completely different way of working that companies may or may or may not have adopted as yet. Yeah, I think you're right when it comes to the onboarding experience. You know, time is one of those finite resources we never get back. And to be able to find ways to not only uh, reduce costs, but also improve performance and reduce the likelihood of churn because you have a better experience for the agent, uh, then I think ultimately it's a win-win for everybody. And obviously the learning isn't just that moment at the beginning, right? I think many of us are all going to agree that the continuous learning is going to be vital for you to be able to not only grow and be successful, but that cross-pollinization of best practices among those that can do really well, how do you get that out to the masses, adopt it easily and quickly, and then know that it's been done? So beyond that initial onboarding experience, how does Awaken really support that ongoing professional? Yeah, so the ongoing professional development, again, comes from the analytics in that, um, again, feedback from agencies that it's a very fair way of doing it because historically, and if you talk about advancements, um, when I had my operation, you'd probably only do 10 calls a month because there were too many people and not enough. It, it was just a difficult thing to do well. So you would, you would randomly select calls and quite often the agent would feel that, oh, actually I was having a bad day on that call and that's not fair. Um, so by analyzing all the calls, um, you're able to get a much more even uh, feedback uh, uh, for an agent. And it also then spots whether it was just a bad call, uh, uh, as in it was, it was a, random, a, a, a random call that didn't go well, or whether it was a training requirement, which means that they feel like they're getting the right training at the right time for the right problem. So, because that's what it's able to show you is the training gaps analysis by doing the the automated quality assurance. Um, so that's one of the things that agents really like about it. Um, and and it, in most contact centers, they also have a skill based uh, revenue process where once you can do certain types of accounts, they give you more complex ones and more complex ones and so on. Um, and that is just crystal clear how that works. It can also happen. Uh, it turns it into a meritocracy instead of a, you have to work for us for six months or 12 months or whatever it is in order to get promoted. Um, you're able to do it based on data, you know, based on, on the same data that everybody else gets measured with. So very, um, even measuring stick. Yeah, it's interesting how we've had various conversations on the show and otherwise around the concepts of, you know, QA many times. Uh, there's going to be moments where it's like a gotcha, right? It's always a, a negative thing. It's like, here's the reasons why you're failing versus uh, here's what you're doing well, holistically. Here are the areas that now we can pinpoint where we can focus training. So it's an opportunity for success versus just this thing of penalty, 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 right? And because it can help pinpoint where those areas are, then it gives you a better opportunity that when you engage your agent, this is that positive end of here's what we're going to do next. And this is how we're going to measure that so that we can help you be more successful versus, ha, that's another ding on your a scorecard, and that's another knock on your ability to be promoted or progress or do anything else. 
Um, so it's really great to see that as we're able to listen to more, analyze more, understand, like you said, sentiment, and both understand the agent side and obviously the endpoint, uh, you can obviously start to see trends in the way you're talking about it. And I think you alluded to it a moment ago when we we're talking about the hybrid workforce. Let's kind of talk about COVID, right? We talked about the pandemic. Everybody went home in a lot of different industries, a lot of different parts of the world. Talk to me about how that concept of everybody going remote was affected by adopting something like Awaken and then how Awaken in the things that you're talking about. I think one of the things you mentioned was, hey, we know that while you're remote, you're not in the office. I can't just walk past your cubicle, your desk or anywhere else and see how you're doing. I'm able to see these other data points. Anything else that you're able to share or even deeper to that concept of when the pandemic hits and now, what was that like? Yeah, so uh, obviously the, the world pandemic was a, was a real surprise and something new to all of us. And um, when it first happened, we were um, asked to do some work for UK government. So um, Awaken software is used by the UK government for all its what they call track and trace. So it's how they monitored and managed what was going on. So their requirement was they wanted something that was super agile because they didn't know what was going to happen next. So it had to be something that was easy to change, easy to modify. They also wanted everybody work from home. So we had connected to 25,000 home workers um, that were managed by 29 call centers or BPOs. So we connected to the BPO, then the home workers, um, and, uh, and then back to NHS England, which is our, our national health management systems, and the coronavirus database that was set up, it was called CTAS. Um, so we were able to set that up and create that, that infrastructure within 72 hours. And then we worked with, with the UK government each time there was a change and had all the analytics behind it so they could see how people were doing, how patients were doing, you know, how the callers, patients, how, how the public was doing and how um, uh, the agents were doing and, and reach out for additional training, for support, um, uh, all of those sorts of things. And also make sure that they didn't have anybody asking for things they shouldn't ask. So it was a little bit of protection. You know, when you're trying to recruit 25,000 people in a very short space of time, security of, 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 of a high, uh, is a high priority. So, you know, somebody say, well, can I get your account number or can I get data that they didn't need? That would immediately be highlighted and, and, and could be dealt with. So um, I think the, hy the hybrid and home working model, the, the, the other, point that often, other point that often gets for, uh, forgotten is the attention to detail on security. So customers' data being secure. Is there someone stood over the shoulder watching them typing credit card information? Etc. Um, so he's been able to use that to what we call redaction. It redacts the information as it comes in. So even if someone was standing over their shoulder, they wouldn't be able to see it. Um, so uh, what that did for us and I think the entire industry is it made people get comfortable with home working or hybrid working very quickly. It made them implement an open gateway way of working where they would have a, a gateway, a secure gateway, but 
open enough that you could connect because most people would not open their systems up at all. If you weren't in the office, you couldn't do anything. And I think that really, that's really accelerated um, and a brand new way of working. And now that you've got that and you've got AI, it's quite exciting the way that we might be able to service customers and, and deliver excellent service. You know, it's really interesting when we look at the idea of the work from home environment where the concepts of how we trained, how we onboarded, uh, the kinds of people that worked better at home versus in that more collaborative, you know, in office, water cooler talk, looking over your shoulder, um, engaging with your peers environment. And we found from a lot of the sharing of other people that have gone through similar journeys, right, is that um, you had to over communicate, you had to find new ways to communicate, new ways to be collaborative, new ways to be proactive, um, versus some of the old ways of communicating just weren't enough, right? You have people that felt isolated. Yeah. They felt like they were alone in their ability to be successful uh, and their ability to learn and grow. And so I think from some of the things that you've talked about, it really has empowered the different stakeholders, including the agent representatives, to be able to feel like there's a path towards success without feeling like they don't necessarily have all of the rules to the game that they can play in their ability to progress their career. I agree with that. So with that being said, is there anything that you feel that really is going to be a lasting impact from the pandemic, from um, COVID, really influencing the future of how contact centers are going to run and how communication is going to be done? Um, I I think it's the the, uh, hybrid way of working and also people using technology more but not technology for technology's sake, technology that really makes a difference to the, their day-to-day job, the way they feel, the access to information, the um, those sorts of things. Um, and, and because more people are working from home as well, they're also customers. You know, they're, 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 they're consumers, they're customers. And all of us need human contact. So being able to talk to someone is better than talking to a bot. Being able to see someone on a, on a, on a Zoom call is better than just a phone call. And, and, and so it's trying to layer with uh, as, much uh, as much communication as you can, but having the freedom to have a, I suppose, a slightly different work-life balance. You know, you're not sat in the car for two hours each way to get to work and back um, from time to time. Um, and I think it's it, it, it's it's the ability to do a fantastic job with more flexibility. It's the it's the biggest biggest change I see. A famous African proverb says that if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. At Nobel Biz, we have made it our mission to travel far and wide with our partners and clients. As a complete telecom services provider with over twenty years of experience in the industry. Nobel Biz offers the only voice carrier network designed with the sole purpose of serving call centers around the world. This contact center dedicated carrier network provides crystal clear voice traffic, up-to-date compliance tools, intelligent routing, and highly secure data protocols combined with 99.9% uptime and easy setup. Our goal for 2022 is to become the ultimate partner and provider for the contact center industry by placing service quality at the top of our priority list. To top it off, at Nobel Biz, we have the most competitive cost per minute model in the industry. Need proof? 
Reach out to us and learn more about the Nobel Biz Voice Carrier Network at www.nobelbiz.com. Makes sense. And I think one of the items when it comes to what you said earlier about there's going to be many contact centers that are cost driven, right? They're going to be making decisions because they want to save money, be more profitable. And sometimes it takes money, right? Investments into maybe technical debt or other things where um, you have to spend some money and then the savings, the ROI, right, is worth it. So when it comes to the Awaken product set and when you go out into the market and someone says, ah, it's another shiny object, this is another thing, I heard all the cool stuff it can do and all these things, but that's more money I have to spend. What kind of calls or interactions do you see people getting the best ROI? Is it every single call under the sun, every interaction possible? Or are there certain types of interactions that you're finding where people say, if this is the kind of business you're in, this is the way you measure success, you're going to be able to see the biggest ROIs here? Yeah. So um, complex, complex interactions are one of the biggest places you see uh, ROIs, as well as compliance requirements. You know, there are certain businesses that have quite stringent uh, requirements, you know, uh, treating customers fairly. I, I, I don't know if you use the same language in the USA, but uh, debt collection would be a good one. You know, if, if people have got debt collection, they have to do it in a certain way and they have to treat customers respectfully, et cetera. Otherwise, they're in breach and they end up with fines. Um, other compliance requirements uh, are to do with banking or finance. Um, so uh, those are the sorts of things that people normally need to talk to each other and the machine's not quite good enough. Understood. Well, look, I want to shift now from the Awaken side and kind of go a little bit personal, if that's okay with you, Chris. I really want to be able to talk about um, outside of the professional side, right? Do you have hobbies, activities? What are you passionate about? What are you doing outside of the work environment? Um, I, I love being on the water. So whether it's paddle boarding or, or sailing or something like that, absolutely love it. So um, so I love the outdoors, love nature, love being around people. So I, I uh, love cooking. Um, and, uh, uh, and then I've got a major passion for anything with an engine, you know, motorbikes, cars, um, I'm a private pilot, so I, I fly helicopters. Um, so my passions are, are anything with an engine. So I suppose that's why I got into, uh, uh, electromechanical engineering way back when is because I love to see how things work and get them to work and, and, and then get to play with them. Well, I'd say that it doesn't sound like you do very much outside of work. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, though, I think most of us, right, that are passionate about the purpose that we have every day, yeah. right? each of us have our purpose. How do you find a balance, though? How do you decide when to prioritize these things that you just described, like motors, outdoors, people, uh, paddleboarding, and the purpose of the business? Um. So uh, contact centers are a people business. So if you, because I, I, I care, I love about, I love people. Um, I think it works quite well for blending. Is it a blend or is it a balance? I mean, people often talk about work-life blend. I'm not sure there is a blend, but there is a balance. Sometimes you, you get to do, you need to do more work compared to other times, but it's having the ability to do both. So I suppose I've, I've really combined mine together. Um, 
so uh, a lot of the people we work with are are interested in in similar things um and spending time uh getting people together is is a very important thing for me so uh you know we've got a we're a values driven business you know our, our values spell the word fabric the f in fabric is for having fun so it's it's part of what we're about. The A is agility. The B is about your personal best. So you think about any sports that you do or anything you take on. You always want to do the best you can. Um, taking responsibility, integrity. And the final one is curiosity. I love it when people are curious about doing things. So because it's part of our DNA, um, my hobbies slot straight back into what I believe in. Um, and... So it, it doesn't feel like I'm working when I get to do all of these things together. Well, I love how you guys broke down the, the the word fabric in that way. And I think you've made it very personal to how it affects and impacts your culture, your approach to business. And that's great. And I think part of the continuous learning that we do, and we talked about earlier, um, we always like to talk about, are there any books, authors that really have just influenced you personally or professionally that maybe you'd like to share with our listeners um yes uh, uh, the the most recent one i've uh, 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 read is a book called sexy happy millionaire so it's it's more targeted at entrepreneurial people but this is about a a young guy who ended up listing his company for i think it was 250 million dollars or something like that when he was 25 or 24 and then him realizing that it, everything that he thought he wanted, he didn't really want, and that there's a different approach to it. So, you know, the, the theory that people that are on their phones all the time and, and, and trying to be like the Kardashians, for example, it's not healthy um, uh, for, for the people that are following it to that extent. And this is a really interesting approach to the younger generation, you know, uh, and, and and I found that fascinating. And it also helped me think about how I approach business and how I need to almost modernize a little bit more and how you engage your community and how you engage uh, um, and engage people around you. So that one, and then the, uh, so that, that, that was something I found really, a really good, good book to listen to. Um, I've always loved Tony Robbins. Um, so uh, I'm quite passionate about his teachings. Um, and then Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one of the first books I, I picked up when I was thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and um, found that very useful. So those are, I suppose, my, my top three. <laughs> well, all very important um, pieces of information that you can gather from each of those different. Obviously, I haven't uh, read the first one, but based on what you're talking about, sounds like there's some interesting takeaways there. And then obviously... Tony Robbins and Rich Dad Poor Dad have a lot of good nuggets um, in their information. So I yep. think being an entrepreneur and been an entrepreneur for so long, Chris, is there just something that you say, look, if someone else is wanting to be an entrepreneur, here's a piece of advice or a piece of wisdom that I'd give you into your journey for you to be able to learn from things you've learned that you'd like to share. Anything come to mind? I, I suppose it's it's back to it. Do the best that you can every day. Let people know you care, um, and do the right thing. Uh, and what does what does that what does that mean to me? It's back to my values. Um, 
and don't get stopped um, is the final one that I would say because it's it's very easy to give up on a, an idea or a dream because I don't know. Um, most of us, when we're talking about an idea, we may be talking to the wrong person. Um, so it's it's basically continue talking about your idea, continue continue thinking about it and continue exploring it. Um, so it is about don't, don't give up, don't get stopped. It's the biggest one. Awesome. So look, Chris, it's been a great conversation. I know there's going to be people from our audience that are going to say, I want to connect with you or I want to learn more about Awaken. What's the best way for them to do that? Um, obviously, we've got our um, website, which is is, is awaken, awaken.io. They're interested in what we're doing company-wise. But yeah, if, if somebody wants to send me an email, connect through chris at awaken.io. Yeah, feel free. Be nice to connect with people. Very good. Now, look, thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of First Contact Stories of the Call Center. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Chris and got some valuable insights and uh, an interesting perspective, right, from the technology side. So thanks again for listening. And remember, knowledge is power. So keep sharing and growing. Thank you for joining me in this episode. If you're loving the content, make sure to hit that subscribe button on your YouTube channel for exclusive clips, webinars, workshops, and bonus materials. And if you're an Apple iTunes listener, we greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review to help spread the word. On our YouTube page, you can also leave us feedback, comments, and suggest future guests that you'd like to hear from. For even more valuable insights and information on the call center world, visit NobelBiz.com and access our on-demand webinars. I'm Christian Montez, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of First Contact Podcast. Stay with us for the next exciting chapter.